0: This happened to me and my friends about 20 years ago. I'm now a 38 year old female. I live in Tennessee and we have a place here called Little Egypt. It's basically a swimming hole and me and my friends have been there like a million times at night. It was the middle of summer and the country fair was in town. Me and my twin sister and two of our friends had went and hung out like normally teenagers do. We had ran into our mom's stepdad and little sister while we were at the fair, and we had told our mom that we were going to Little Egypt to goof off, as we had done that a lot during the summer. I remember she specifically told me and my twin sister not to go down there that late because, I mean, anything could happen. We were 18 years old at the time, and of course, you don't usually listen to your parents much at that age, so we just told her she was crazy and that nothing would happen to us. We wait till around midnight and we decide to go to the swimming hole. It was me and my friend Lisa in one car and my twin sister and our friend Heather in another car. Now, when you get to the swimming hole, it's out in the woods, probably about 10 minutes from any civilization and nowhere to turn around unless you go up on the road. We then pull in and we get out of the cars and we're still standing pretty closely to the cars because we hadn't gotten out our flashlights and stuff that we were going to take with us. I start to walk towards the car my twin sister was standing at and all of a sudden we hear some sticks breaking. I then look at my sister and softly said, did you hear that? She replied back with yes and that maybe it was Lisa messing with us. We then tell Lisa to quit trying to scare us and that it really isn't funny. Lisa then says that she didn't do it then all of a sudden out of nowhere we hear a lot of sticks breaking. My sister and Heather then jumped back into their car and I ran to Lisa's car. We barely managed to jump in her car in time. Now she has automatic seatbelts and it nearly broke my damn shoulder getting in so fast. I don't really know how we got the cars turned around in that little space we had, but when we did so, I kid you not, there was about six guys dressed in black head to toe with masks on that then jumped out of the woods right where we were parked at. They also had baseball bats and they were chasing after us. About three days later, we decided to go back down there and there was police crime tape all over the place. We also saw some other people there and we asked them what happened. They said some guy got beaten to death about three nights ago, which also happened to be the same exact night that the other six guys had jumped out on us. I'm really thankful that we managed to get away when we did. But my heart really breaks for the guy that lost his life that night. This world really is crazy. This happened years ago. I was probably about 9 years old. It was a dark night and it was really foggy and raining. My mom was driving us to my grandmother's for a Christmas party. In the car my mom was driving... My brother was in the front, and me and my sister were in the back, me sitting right behind my mom. My mom has driven this same route many, many times before, and this is one of those roads where she feels pretty confident driving with a little speed, as this road in particular was a really long one-way road. Now we were all in the car just singing along to the music. Everything was really great. That is, until I then heard my mom then shout, Oh crap! and then hit the brakes. When the car came to a stop, we saw that there was a man just standing there in the middle of the road. I couldn't really see what was up front, but suddenly my mom started to panic. That's when she then reached over my brother's car door to hit the lock button. She also shouted to me and my sister to lock our doors as well. She then leaned back over just in time in that split second to manage to hit her lock button as well. Then I saw the man come right up to her car The man then stood over my mom's car door and he tried to force it open, unlucky for him though, as we had locked the doors. I noticed that he had something in his hand with what looked like a dirty blanket or towel. So I then said to my mom, Mom, what's he holding? The man then stumbled and he leaned next to my car door with this dirty towel now hitting my window. That's when I then heard a clank sound. The man actually had a knife wrapped in the towel. Now without any hesitation my mom hit the gas pedal and then drove off while this man was still standing by my window. My mom screaming screw off while she drove away. I really have to give my mom some credit. I mean this really scared her so much and she still kept calm and held herself together until we made it to my grandma's house. I really don't know how she did it. After we arrived she had called the police and told them what happened. I could hear my mom crying hysterically in another room while my grandma was keeping me and my siblings occupied with snacks and TV. My dad was working late that night and my mom was just too scared to drive back home. So my dad had to take a taxi to drive us back. My mom couldn't help to think to herself what could have happened if she didn't think to lock those doors. What if he managed to break a window that night? It took my mom weeks to get over it. I never found out what happened after my mom called the police that night. All I know is that when my dad drove us back home, the man wasn't there anymore. I just pray to God that he didn't do this to anyone else. It was truly horrifying.
1: Everything started with me and a couple of my buddies hanging out at my place. For the sake of the story, I will name my two friends Michael and Lucas. Basically, everyone got pretty much wasted from drinking too much bourbon that Michael had brought with him. It was around 2 a.m. when Lucas, still a bit drunk, suggested we go and explore the abandoned insane asylum. For the context, we will all live together in around the same small town. This is not much going on there, but when you drive about 15 miles in empty back roads you would come across the old mental hospital which had been vegetating ever since it was abandoned in the 1960s due to unknown reasons. Now back to the story, since there was really nothing better to do, we all agreed to the 30-minute drive. We grabbed our backpacks, some water, three flashlights, and a big hunting knife for protection. Lucas also brought a couple of graffiti cans for obvious reasons. Yeah, he was into that stuff at the time. The drive was relatively unspectacular, with the exception that Michael almost ran over a rattlesnake laying in the middle of the road. When we arrived, the sight of this huge asylum just standing there for all those years made me feel a little uneasy. But my doubts quickly evaporated as Michael and Lucas were already going around the place looking for an entrance. We finally found a window that was not completely boarded up with beams and then crawled headfirst through the small opening. I quickly got on my feet and let my eyes get adjusted to the darkness that completely surrounded us. We powered up our flashlights and began wandering through the corridors with rooms on other sides. The walls were pretty much all covered in graffiti, so Lucas suggested that we should look out for a basement entrance with the intention of finding a free spot for his graffiti. After a 30-minute search, we finally found the basement entrance. The stairs were rusty and creaked with every step. The whole basement smelled horrible. Lucas quickly disappeared down a long hallway with rooms on either side, and, and Michael and I were keeping pace up behind him. As we wandered off further into the dark hallway, which our cheap flashlights only poorly lit up, the terrible smell grew worse. I can only describe it as a mixture of vomit and rotten eggs, What struck me as odd was that all the walls were pretty much clean, unlike the site that we had made at the first floor. It almost seemed like nobody had ever made it all the way to explore the basement level. Everything was going relatively smoothly up until the point when Lucas started making so much noise by shaking his graffiti cans in order to prepare them for his act of vandalism. So, he started spray painting one of the nearby walls. Michael and I just watched him do his thing. When he finally finished his piece, the smell of aerosol in the air almost drowned out the horrible stink that was still in the air. As we made our way down the hallway I could tell that the smell came from a small room further down to the left of us. At this point we were all pretty much freaking out, unsure of what we would find in that room. I had the hunting knife tight in my hands as I approached the room and shined my flashlight inside. The light beam hit and I kid you not, a circle of burnt out candles appeared. In the center of the candles was a dark object hanging from the ceiling. At this point I had to vomit because of the smell coming from this room. Michael was the bravest one of us as he stumbled into this room grabbing a metal bar from the pile of junk next to him poking the object with it as right then we realized the huge amount of dark brownish stains on the floor under that thing. We all quickly sobered up due to the situation as we heard several voices and fast approaching footsteps from across the other hallway. I never ran that fast in my entire life. It's really amazing what adrenaline can affect. We finally reached the set of stairs and sprinted through the floor. As we finally reached the window that we had entered from, Michael also vomited onto the floor. Lucas then realized that he had left his backpack full of his stuff in the basement, as he had not enough time to pick it up or realize that he left it. We sprinted out front and got into my car and just high-tailed out of there. As much as I know we only have suggestions of what we saw in that basement, maybe there was some kind of ritual taking place there, or we just stumbled across some sort of murder scene. We haven't told anyone this story, in fact, Lucas told me that he had not had a good night of sleep since that day, knowing he left his wallet in the backpack there, and keeping all his personal information, including his home address, stuck in that asylum. This story still gives me chills and I haven't spoken of it in a while. This is a long story and needs extensive backstory so please bear with me. So flashback to high school. I wasn't the most social guy in school. I had my really close friends but other than that I would classify myself as a loner. I had really bad acne which affected me a lot when meeting new people and I was very addicted to World of Warcraft. So it was Friday night classic raid night in Vanilla WoW. About two hours before the raid, my best friend that I grew up with, let's call him T, he called me. He's like, Yo bro, I'm meeting up with two women later tonight. Let's drink and hang out with these chicks. It was one of those classic fork in the road moments. Be a nerd and blow another Friday night playing a video game or go out with my best friend and see if I can actually finally lose my virginity. Before I get to the next part of the story, I need to give some backstory on T. T was nothing short of a boss, and I truly looked up to him. He was a really good looking guy and extremely intelligent. I'm not understating this. He's the type of guy when he walks into a room, all the women just gravitate to him. But T has a dark side. Even though he has everything going for him, it was never good enough. He got expelled from school. We both went to for having a couple of grams, and aka just trying to flex and got caught by the teacher. So he was sent to another school about 30 minutes away from me. Nothing changed, and it actually got far, far worse. He became the guy. He started messing around with all the chicks and became a massive dealer. He supplied about four to five high schools and colleges in the area, and was for sure on the radar of the law and other rivals. Now to the back story. So after playing mental ping pong for about 30 minutes weighing all the options, potentially getting late or drunk or nerded up like usual, I finally said forget it, count me in for tonight tea. I bribe my brother twenty bucks and he agrees to raid me, and the night begins. T picks me up from my place and greets me with a big smile and says, "We're getting late tonight, brother." I'm like, "Whatever, bro. We'll see." I'm very used to T over-exaggerating, so I quickly ask, "When are we meeting up with these women?" It's about 9:30 p.m. at night. Under his voice, he says, "Around 1 a.m." I'm like, "WTF? Are we supposed to be due for three and a half hours?" T pulls out a bottle of Bacardi 151 with the metal grate and passes it to me. Thankfully, I've been drinking hard that year, so my tolerance was decent. We head to this awesome park to burn time and start passing the bottle back and forth. We catch up on life, and we're about 6 out of 10 drunk at this point. It's around 11.30ish. So within an hour and a half, still to burn before we're supposed to meet up with said women, T says... Let's roll to Taco Bell. We can get some food and sober up. At this point, I'm drunk and we have some time to burn, so whatever. Let's head to Taco Bell. As most degenerates know, Taco Bell was open late and the one we went to is located in a shopping center. No surprise, at around 12 a.m., there are no cars whatsoever in the parking lot except for the workers of Taco Bell. T rolls up to buy his food and we just park outside Tuckabell while he eats. While T is eating, I snag a cigarette and get some fresh air. As I puff half on a Marlboro light, a white van rolls up with tinted windows and no license plate. The van parks to the west of our car about 50 feet in the empty parking lot. The lights inside and outside the van instantly turn off and no one gets out. I kept smoking, but I don't think much of it. I mean, we're essentially doing the same thing, but a car with no license plate was obviously weird. I get back into T's car, and I start getting a really uneasy feeling about the span. At this point, I'm all sobered off a little, and I just keep eyeing down the span. Something... doesn't feel right. It goes to park three-fourths of the way into the parking lot with a perfect view of the car. I turn to T and tell him it's time to leave. This is where the backstory comes into play. As I mentioned, T is very deep at this point and was at the height of his dealing career. So the exact thought was in the back of my mind when this van was parked inconspicuously. The next part is not exaggerated in the slightest. T turns on his headlights to his car to leave, and a kiddie not, almost instantly after our lights are on, the white van lights turn on. My stomach dropped to the floor. At this point, we're both freaking out. T knows he could be busted by the police at any point, and that's not even considering all his rivals and people he's screwed over. So right when we see the light up from the van, we turn ours off. No joke, the van turns their lights off to mimic our reaction. T reaches to the backseat of his car and pulls out a backpack with a weapon in it. I can't believe this is actually going down. At this point, I'm inching on crying. This is obviously no coincidence. We were followed to the shopping center. We sat paralyzed in fear and dripping in sweat for the next ten minutes, waiting to see if the van would move, and it didn't he starts mumbling to himself. This might be a good squad that was hired to hunt me down. I'm speechless to that comment. I was a normal, unsocial kid who loved sports and video games, and now I'm in this terrible and possibly life-threatening situation. At this point, I really wish I just stayed home and played World of Warcraft. No potential for any girls is worth the heart attack I'm currently going through. I felt extremely nauseous and I'm so close to throwing up. Is this actually happening or am I dreaming? This doesn't feel like the police. They wouldn't go through this type of charade. They would have turned on the lights and arrested us by now, obviously. I can't stand this demented showdown we're currently in. And I'm on the verge of mental breakdown and tears are rolling down my face. I turn to T and tell him to turn his lights on one more time. And almost like clockwork, the van flicks on their lights, but this time was very different. I was able to see multiple shadows of hooded men in the van. I turn to T and tell him to book it out of there. I've never seen someone go 0-60 to out of a shopping center before, but you can bet you're behind we did. T turns his head while exiting the shopping center and sees the van following us at a fast pace. We start cutting down side roads for the next five minutes. Thankfully, no one is following us. At this point, I'm just staring at T and asking what was going on, bro. T says with a weak voice that I have no idea other than what you know and I do, but a.k.a. some sort of dealing. We take a deep breath. We hit the bottle some more. And the next 20 minutes, we sat in silence to come to grips with what was almost being involved in some sort of sting operation, robbed by rivals, or even worse. Once our heart rate drops below 250 beats per minute, we finally had to meet the women. T and I never spoke at that moment again. And to the thought of that night, it still sends shivers down to my core.
0: This happened a few weeks ago. I'm a 22 year old, five foot tall, 125 pounds, semi-muscular girl. Now it's been hot as Satan balls outside and now that I've lost about 50 pounds, I'm kind of in the screw it, I'll wear what I want stage. To clarify, I was just wearing shorts and a crop top that's right above my belly button. Although regardless of your clothing, this should never happen. Like the basic bee that I am, I decided to drive to McDonald's to get myself a cheap iced coffee. I'd also like to add that I'm really obsessed with my car. I have a 2016 Mazda 3 hatchback that I custom painted, and I've done it up all to my standards. It probably sounds like an old lady car, but it totally isn't. I'm also an auto body tech for a living, so I can be a tad bit picky, and I always notice things on cars that most people wouldn't ever notice. So I parked beside a garbage bin so that nobody else could park next to my car. I wanted to avoid potential door dings that I've managed to avoid by being cautious. I walked inside McDonald's and got my drink. Right as I left, there appeared to be two guys that were standing outside a black Ford F-150. I had seen them glaring at me and then I heard a whistle as I'm walking away. You know, one of those cat calling ones. I just glared back and brushed it off. I mean, this really isn't my first encounter with horny, desperate, oil rigging looking guys. I got to my car and just sat in it for a while, trying to get myself situated. That's when I then see those same two guys get into the truck and then drive in my direction. Well, before I knew it, they were right behind me and rolling down their window, pointing at me for to roll down mine as well. I rolled down my window just a little bit, just enough so they could hear me, then ask what they wanted. One of the guys asked for my Snapchat. I asked him why and he then said, Well, I thought you were hot and I'd like to get to know you. I replied back with, "Uh, I have a boyfriend and I don't use Snapchat. Which, keep in mind, the I don't use Snapchat was total bullcrap. I do use Snapchat, I just didn't want this grungy piece of crap having mine. He replied back with, Bullcrap, everyone has it. I sat there for a moment and just thought to myself how I want to get the hell out of there and they're really annoying me now. The only problem is where I was parked at and where they were parked they were actually blocking me so I couldn't just drive away. I actually had to wait until they moved in order to get out. I told the guy that I don't have one and that it's not bullcrap and to move his truck so that I can go home as I got a lot of things to do today. He then got really snappy with me. Damn I was just asking. How about I move once you give it to me? How about that? I was getting kinda freaked out at this point because this dirty looking guy was somewhat forceful and I also happened to notice that there was apparently another guy in the back seat. So here I am now having three guys blocking me in and starting to get agitated with me for not giving them my Snapchat. I then told him, how about you just move your freaking truck and carry on your way? They all then started to laugh and I could hear them saying to each other, well, well, well. She's got an attitude. Something I want to add is my license plate has my name on it as it's a customized plate. He then replied back to my attitude. Well, I assume it's your name on your plate, so I'll just find you myself. How about that? Now that really creeped me out and it made me really uncomfortable. I then told him, Okay, whatever. If you'll just move, go right ahead. I'll probably just end up blocking you once I figure it out, At you. He then once again started to laugh at me and then said, all right, have a nice day. And then finally he drove off, but it doesn't end there. They just left the parking lot and I was still a little shaken up from this. I really like to think of myself as a violent little German girl, but I guess I'm a bit of a wuss as well. I drive out of the parking lot and I had noticed a truck that was just like theirs parked on the side of the street by apartments. Well, they noticed my car and they started freaking following me. Thankfully I lost them when taking different turns and such. I drove around a bit before going home and I figured they did that to show some sort of control over me or something. In the end they never did find my Snapchat or managed to find me on any other social media but that encounter really pissed me off. I know this has been said so many times at the end of a story, but seriously, always watch your surroundings and please be careful out there. I'm 25 years old now, but when I was around 16, I was living with my parents in their two-car garage. This was the height of my teenage years. Allowing me not only to have my own lounge room in my bedroom, but also the luxury of my very own fridge. During one night, I had three friends over, one who lived about two or so miles away. She had walked over early in the afternoon and as the night got later, around 2-2.30 to AM, two of us agreed to walk her home while one of us waited in case my parents decided to check on us during the night. The first part of the walk went really smoothly. But unfortunately, as we were nearing her house, there was a large dog that came running out towards us, then barking profusely. Thankfully, he was stopped by a gate and as we walked past, I started to talk to him trying to calm him down. The dog then lowered to a growl. However, as we continued walking, I had heard the front door of this house then open, followed by the gate that had previously stopped the dog. The hairs on the back of my neck then stood up as I got the most peculiar feeling. And being the oldest out of us, I felt like it was really my duty to speak up. As we began to round the final corner to her house, I glanced back and I saw this creep. He was doing this really creepy Gollum style walking and you could see it in the shadows created by his and his neighbor's front gardens. My friends had obviously picked up on something as well as we then simultaneously all broke into a run. We all ended up hiding right behind a greenhouse that was thankfully shrouded in darkness with very little moonlight shining our way. Kind of peeking out intermittently, I noticed the guy jog up the street that we had just turned onto, then stopping by every few feet to check behind bushes or under houses. He had something really large in his hand and I'm pretty certain it was a crowbar. Not too long afterwards, we noticed him sprint back, though we all agreed to remain behind the greenhouse for a little while longer, just in case he only went around the block. I think that we had laid there for at least another half hour to 45 minutes, then emerging from our hideout, army crawling, then followed by sprinting as fast as we could to our friend's house. We didn't want to risk running into the guy again while walking home, so we decided to take a taxi, and I'm really glad we did.